Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with leadership and digital transformation expert, John Rossman. He is the author of four books on leadership and business innovation, including the bestseller, The Amazon Way. He is an early Amazon executive who played a key role in launching the Amazon Marketplace business in 2002. Today, he is a leading keynote speaker on leadership for innovation, transformation, and artificial intelligence, and is giving over 200 keynotes to worldwide audiences. He's a great interview. Enjoy. Great to meet you, man. Thank you for taking a minute out to the program today. Absolutely. My pleasure. So before we get into your life and your work and just everything that makes you who you are, I want to know the last three years was quite a thing for all of us living through COVID. How did you make it through that time period and how has it changed you now that we're entering this post-pandemic phase of our existence? Yeah, I think, you know, we just really tried to find the silver linings kind of through, you know, the pandemic and, you know, some of the upheaval and everything. And so we were fortunate in that everybody's work was able to adapt pretty readily. You know, my keynote business obviously was impacted and, you know, started doing complete remote keynotes. But the upside of that was I was able to start doing international keynotes. I've never really wanted to travel a lot internationally, so I've always declined most international keynotes. But, you know, since they were all remote, it's like, hey, great, now I can do all these international keynotes remotely and everything. So I just, you know, always try to find the silver linings and, you know, adapt and improvise. I think that's the the opportunity to to just figure out a way to to get things done. So no doubt it had a lot of impact, but, you know, my MO is always just, you know, try to find the silver linings out of something that's a real disaster. So, you know, on paper, it makes sense to me what you do for a living, to a good degree, but let's make it make sense to everyone. If I put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day and one of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer that child? Yeah. Um, I help business leaders improve their business by doing new things. That's how I help business leaders and executives. And I do that by, A, through the books and the newsletter that I publish, B, by giving keynotes, C, by doing workshops with teams, and D, through consulting engagements. So when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) Wow. You know, that is a long time ago. I was at St. John Fisher grade school in Portland, Oregon. Probably had a, a fairly stern nun that was probably a bit annoyed with me because I was a, a very active uh, uh, young boy. I, I I I always wanted to be an athlete, right? And so I think I think what you, if you asked me, I probably would have said like I want to be a basketball player, or I want to be a baseball player, or something like that. But um, I don't really know if I thought about like what I wanted to be growing up a whole lot. I don't I don't remember um, that. I, I do remember I had one friend who in first grade said I'm going to be a surgeon. And he became a surgeon. And it always just said, like, I was like, God, I wish I had I had a, a specific calling like that. But, you know, I actually think, you know, what I've figured out is, 
you know, kind of my calling and my superpowers, like I like learning new things. And by the career that I've had, really what that's oriented towards is is really getting to learn a lot of new businesses, a lot of new things, a lot of new techniques, and then helping to let others improve their business by taking advantage of those things. So I grew up, I'm in Kansas City. I grew up in a little town called Liberty, north of Kansas City. And um, there was a guy that I knew in high school. His name was Christopher Elbow. And I remember asking him one time, um, we were just friends, nothing, no best friends or anything. And I was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to be a world-renowned chef. And just the way he said it, I just was like, I didn't even know you cook. Like, I, I was like, okay. He has actually become one of the top chocolatiers in Kansas City. He's been on, Oprah bought all of his stuff. Obama has bought stuff from him, other presidents, other people. He really genuinely has gone on to become a world-renowned chef. Yeah, you know, people like that have just always astounded me. You know, I, I've never thought about being an author, and it was in 2012 I had um, a client of mine at the Gates Foundation. I'd been an executive, an early executive at Amazon. Um, I left Amazon in late 2005. I... I had a client at the Gates Foundation, and he came to me and he goes, you know, you do a nice job of taking all the little anecdotes and strategies and from Amazon and delicately inserting them into our work. I really think you ought to write a book. And it was, and I was like, wow, interesting. And the smartest thing I did, I, A, I listened to him, and B, I talked to him into being my partner on these books. And so, you know, I guess the point is, is that, even if you don't have kind of that that early calling or orientation, there might come opportunities to to do some really new and different and and very fulfilling things in life. Like just not everybody has that that singular calling early on, and and I think that's okay. At least I've gotten completely comfortable with like that's just the way I roll. So let's go back to your childhood, where you were born and raised, and how these seeds of business and motivation and helping others, how did all this happen and grow into who you are today? <laughs> well, you know, this type of question where I go, you know, I'm an engineer, not a psychologist, so I don't, I don't know if I, I really understand, you know, how somebody, you know, comes to who they are, where I came. But but I would say the thing that um, I was the youngest of of four kids, very lower middle class uh, family. And I always just wanted to see the world and experience and be active. Um, and I just remember people more or less, the, the general theme was like, you know, John, don't have too high of expectations and stuff. And so I always felt like I've, I've been, you know, kind of like, I I can do something better than this. I can do something better than this. I can do something better than this. And I think that's been, you know, my general orientation, not so much to prove people wrong, but just I I developed an orientation of like like hey, don't let the status quo define who you are. And so, you know, and I was very fortunate to have some athletic coaches and some teachers 
who really pushed me. And so it was a combination of both, you know, believing in me um, as well as pushing me. And I think that that's what I really needed was, was like somebody with some high expectations. And I found that completely uh, engaging. And that, that really happened for me in high school. I went to a, a Jesuit high school uh, in Beaverton, Oregon, and I was very fortunate to get to go to it. And that's where I really, um, I think, took a step forward into, you know, being confident, you know, learning how to learn and like, hey, you know, like, you know, I can I can do more than what I think others expect out of me. So who's really been an ultimate hero or role model for you in life? Yeah, great question. I, I don't know if I have um, a singular name, but especially in my career, you know, so I, so early in my career, I was at a couple consulting firms. I was at Anderson Consulting and Arthur Anderson. Uh, then I was at Amazon, and then I was at a management consulting firm called Alvarez and Marcel. And I left A and M in 2017, and so I'm just on my own now. But I've always had partners who have really helped me develop in in and see kind of like hey your natural orientation at sometimes is a superpower but sometimes that kind of works against you and everything right and so i i i had at both arthur anderson and he was a partner of mine uh at alvarez and marcel too was just very good at at helping me see kind of like hey you know just be aware of like you know that particular orientation doesn't isn't always the orientation so like one in particular that he helped me out with was like i was always especially when my kids were young just hyper efficient with my time and 90% of the time that was a really good orientation but when you're in some conversations and especially when you're the senior person and you're trying to mentor somebody else you need to you know, allow for, you know, uh, he always called it um, unproductive, productive time with somebody, right? And so, like, that was kind of a, a, a rewiring I had to do a little bit. It was just, you know, make time to just not have an agenda and just spend time with somebody, especially somebody who, who wants some mentorship or some guidance. And so I've just been very fortunate, especially in, in my business, to have people that I've learned from, and, um, you know, that's where I've kind of picked up kind of my multi-sided toolkit of, you know, whether it's product development or process design or sales and marketing or communication. I always picture myself as a multi-tool capability, not an expert in anyone, but my superpower is in the synthesis of all of them. You know, you mentioned sports and you're in business. You know, there's so many stories of rising to the top and rags to riches kind of thing. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet, someone you really admire, who would you love to meet and talk to be around for a little bit? Well, Peter Drucker would be the person that I would I would love to spend some time with because he just – you know, I have a little bit of Peter Drucker in me, and so in no way am I saying I'm I'm on I'm on par or anywhere close to Peter Drucker. But you know, he was an advisor, he was an author, he really thought about how to think, and I really that's what I do a lot now is 
hey, not just come up with a strategy or, or you know, a better approach for a problem or an innovation process, but how do we actually think about how we're doing this? Because you can come to a deeper level of understanding and you can really drive permanent change in clients by slowing down a little bit and thinking about the principles underneath it. And so I've, I've found some of his books and writings and work to just be, you know, very in tune with how I think about not just running great businesses, but what's it mean to be a real leader in today's businesses. And any great leader has a lot of motivation to get where they want to go. What's that motivation for you? What gets you up in the morning and makes you want to accomplish what your vision is? Yeah, it, it's changed over time. On if I'm if I'm being really honest, um, early on, you know, when I was when I was young, it was just like, hey, I wanted to see the world and I wanted to do really interesting work. When my family was was young, it was really like, hey, we got to float this household, you know, and I got to create a a stable and great environment for my family. You know, now I've I've progressed some, and it's it I don't have. The, you know the all the pressure of that now it's like okay how do i really do substantial work like impactful work and i want to be in control of kind of this next phase of my career so i'm i'm in my late 50s now i love what i do uh i feel great i want to keep working okay i got to be in control and create the environment where I get to keep doing this for as long as I want. So my motivations have changed over time. So what is your favorite client success story that you've been involved with? Well, um, you know, probably the most, the, the one that's easiest to point to was, you know, my work at Amazon. So I was an operator at Amazon. I was a, I was as an executive at Amazon and, I was leading the launch of the marketplace business in 2002. So Amazon was a, a a very small company at that point, and there was a lot of naysayers, both internal and external, to Amazon. And you know, we created the the marketplace business, and it really took you know this balance between having patience for the business development but a high sense of urgency to make progress every single day and 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 that orientation is a is a real delicate one to to develop in a team and and in a business but then after i left amazon i mentioned i got to do a bunch of work at the gates foundation and just some of our our primary work was working with grantees um, that the foundation had funded and helping them operationalize and execute some of the programs. And I just, I learned so much about nonprofit work and, and, and how to add value there and their missions. And so that was, that was some really great work. And then, you know, probably, you know, if I'm being like my personally most rewarding that I've developed into is I love, the process of writing a good book and it is it's a struggle but it puts you into the high performance zone because it, it you're capable of doing it but it's not completely comfortable so you really have to work at it well that's when you really get into the flow state on an activity and so i really like 
having the time and the mission of writing impactful uh, work. The, the category I focus on is leadership for innovation and, and leadership for transformation. And so I find that extremely rewarding to create the space and the platform to get to do that. So of all the things that you've accomplished in your life, what are you the proudest of? Being a dad. Easy. Easy. I, I, you know, I've just had – it's just been such a rewarding um, life with my wife and our two boys, and, you know, I've, that's just that's just easy to me uh, because it, it, it's not really the house that I grew up in, and I just – I always wanted to just have a happy, fun, challenging um, uh, family. So let's go back to your youth. Let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the, <laughs> we run into you're, the you're, 20 year old. Is, is this supposed to be therapy for me here today, Joe? See, everybody says that, and it's like this is totally free therapy. We're going to work through it. All right, all right. <laughs> we're going to get a break. We're going to get a breakthrough here. So what we're going to do is we're going to put you in a scenario where you run into your 20 year old self in a dream tonight, and you can give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you gained living your life up to this point, what would you tell that young version of you? Yeah. Yeah. At 20, um, I would have told myself to, to bet on myself earlier that, that I had more of an entrepreneurial, um, orientation than I gave, than I recognized early on. I always kind of took the safe job and the safe, uh, development path at that point. And so at 20, I would have, told the 20-year-old John Rossman, hey, bet on yourself earlier. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to, to be the founder of a business, but put yourself in situations where you are in a more entrepreneurial environment. So let's depart the therapy here and get to something fun. As a sports fan, if we get off the phone at a time machine out in front of your house and you can get in there and go back, and witness any event in sports history with your very eyes, where are you going? Wow. Um, that's a great one. Um, you know, so I grew up in Portland. Uh, the 1976 Trailblazers played the Philadelphia 76ers in – the NBA World Championship that year, and I and they were they were down 0-2, and so I wish I had gotten to go to, you know, at least one of those NBA games when the Portland Trailblazers, coached by Jack Ramsey, you know, with Bill Walton and Maurice Lork, Lucas and Lionel Hollins and Johnny Davis and Bobby Gross, um, were were playing the 76ers. So did they win that series? They did. They ended up winning. I forget whether it was four to two or four to three. I think it was four to two. So they ended up winning, and that's the only championship that the, the Trailblazers have won. How how poetic is it that it was seventy six and it was the seventy sixers? Yeah, I mean, we, we should double check the exact. It may have been seventy seven, seventy six, seventy seven. But, um, but yeah, and and that team, you know, ev all the experts had the. 76ers winning it. Um, I think they went on to win the next year. You know, that was a team with 
Julius Irving and um, Dawkins on it, and uh, George McGinnis was their power forward, and um, you know they were an incredibly uh, dominant team and and fully expected to to beat the Trailblazers. So, John, everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, My perception of myself, like what I think I am and what I aspire to be more of is um, a contributor and somebody who really adds to the situation and whether that – and knows their role. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, with my clients or with my family or at a sporting event, knowing your role and playing that role extremely well is, so I I think I'm very self-aware of kind of like what's the moment and what's needed in the moment. And, you know, back to one of the earlier questions about Peter Drucker. So, you know, his book, The Effective Executive, he starts off the book with eight practices and, you know, the first one is that an effective executive asks what needs to be done. And I think that's kind of my version of asking, like, well, what's needed here in this circumstance and figuring out a way to help in in whatever needs to be done in that moment. So, John, if anyone out there wants to delve into your world, your books, anything pertaining to your life, where is the best place to go? Well, um my website, uh, Rossman Partners, is a great place. You can find me on LinkedIn. And I have a, a special offer for the listeners here, if I can if I can make that offer. Sure. Yeah, so I've got a new book coming out in February of 2024. It's called Big Bet Leadership. And um, send me an email at info at rossmanpartners.com with your the email address for your Kindle account and the name of this podcast, the Neon Jazz Podcast, and I'll I'll select ten listeners from this podcast and send a free Kindle version of the book when it releases next February. Oh man, that's wonderful, John. This has been great, man. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating. I love your story. Thanks for opening up. Best of luck with the new book and with everything as we move forward. Joe, great talking with you. Nice nice meeting you today. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.